What's up, everybody? You're listening to First Serve, a weekly tennis podcast produced by The Wreck. First Serve is hosted by Joseph Millard and Dan Scotty, who bring you 15 minutes of news from around the men's and women's tour every single week. Here's what we've got for this week. All right, listen, we, we can just jump into it right now because the, the first thing I can ask you is about what you just said off the mic right now, which is you're betting against Venus. And... I was about to actually talk to you about Venus because she had as good of a season as you possibly could have last year. Yeah. Um, here's the deal with Venus. Venus in the first round has Belinda Bensic. For all the, you know, the deep cut tennis fans out there, they'll remember Bensic probably from when she beat Serena. It was during an American tournament, uh, two, I think two years ago. Don't quote me. I'm not sure which one. Maybe Miami? But Bell, I mean, uh, Bensic beat Serena. Now she has Venus in the first round. Bensic had a lot of troubles last year. She was pretty much off tour with injuries, just battling a bunch of stuff. She's back on the comeback trail now. She's won 18 straight matches, I think it is, heading into this one. So I have Venus on upset alert. It's going to be a great match. Hopefully they televise it. Um, I, regardless of if they'll televise it, the best thing I like about these, these uh, tournaments is the fact that ESPN, you could get like literally every single every single match. You just yeah, on the, the watch ESPN, yeah, they yeah. Have hundreds of matches playing it, it all the time. Exactly. Um, so Sloane Stevens has been kind of been the, I guess, an heir apparent for the Williams sisters. If you t- just talking about the next American star, which one of the young uh, women we're gonna like take the mantle? And yeah. she got the you know the trophy that she needed last summer um, in Queens. Now it doesn't. She doesn't look so good heading into this uh, this uh, Grand Slam. Why is it that you're not betting against her? Uh, I might be too. I don't rule. Me <laughs> don't rule me out. No, but, but with Sloan, it's a very interesting thing. This is, I think, it's a very unique uh, WTA type of issue where you see the, per- the the lady who won the last, the, the physically the last chronological Grand Slam heads into the, the next Grand Slam as almost a two to one underdog. You know what I mean? Like that's very weird. You, you'll never see that where. You know, Steph Curry and Durant win the win the, the NBA title in the next year. Like, you know, they're they're the underdog in their first game of the season against like the Bucks or whoever it is. So it's a it's a weird situation for Sloan. The reason why I'm not choosing to to you know, like really bet against her is I don't know where, where her head's at. I don't know if this she's now lost what is it here, like seven straight matches. I'm not sure if the reason why she lost those is because of a physical thing. I'm not sure if she's just content that she cast cashed that $3 million check. And now she's just kind of like, you know, taking a couple months off, so to speak. So I'm not sure where she's at. I need to wait and see, you know, what type of level she brings in the first round match. If she gets through Zhang and she looks good, then, you know, this whole discussion that we're having is a complete 180. Then it's like, you know, maybe Sloan's here to compete again. It's not, it's not a matter of talent with Sloan. I think it's right now she's just kind of in a lull where she's cozy. You know, she just got breaded. You know, she's in the top 15 in rankings. So we got to see how she responds to that. All good players will bounce back. I think she will. Um, speaking of another good player, probably <laughs> the best, actually, uh, at least on the men's side, Roger Federer has, like, a big round number that he's chasing now. Yeah, um, it's a big one, too, well. Yep. Uh, but his draw, I mean, he could possibly face guys like uh, Joker, could face Stand the Man, could face Sasha, could face uh, Delpo. Yep. Yeah. Well, the, you, you hit on all the names. It's very interesting because Fed, if you really want to get down and analyze the draw, his specific quarter. So up until the quarterfinal, he's pretty Gucci. Really doesn't have much of an issue. It's, it's going to be Delpo or Gofan in that quarterfinal. 
nothing earlier that will test Roger. And I mean, just quickly on Delpo, he has to be playing at a ridiculous level to beat Roger again at a consecutive Grand Slam like he did at you know in Queens last year. I haven't seen the forehand popping, the fear hand, if you will, popping like it was last year in the you know pre Aussie tournaments this year. So I'm not I'm not sure if I'm confident with Roger being too worried of Delpo. But like you said, once it gets to that semifinal match, you see names like Zverev, Djokovic, and Stan who are all on his half of the draw, which is kind of tough for him. You know what I mean? Like Djokovic is the 14 seed. There's basically no protection of the seeding to where he's going to fall because he's pretty much just like a you know a top 15 player right now. He's not being when when the draw is made, it's, they're not looking at Djokovic like he's a 12 time Slam champ, like you know Slam champion. You know what I mean? So. It'll be tough for him going deep. I think Roger's still the favorite to win this tournament, though. Um, one of your guys. Well, one of your guys right now, I just, I re- just realized like five minutes ago, last year we were talking about Djokovic, and you didn't have the nicest things to say about him. His mentality, what was going on behind the scenes, <laughs> off the court. I'm just gonna, I'm just going to keep it. I'll, I'll put it like that. I'll put it the nicest way possible. Um, this season, it, looks like, it seems like you're feeling him a little bit. Yeah, but it's like it's kind of like a love hate thing still. Like it's like I'm feeling him. Like I think he's got a chance to like go deep in the tournament. But like I still kind of I, I don't know what his deal is, bro. Is he hurt? Was he hurt? Was he ever hurt? Is this injury just you know the mask that he puts on his confidence issues? I really don't know. Like I, I read an article earlier this week where it was just like uh, I forget who the the publication was, but they were just like yeah, Djokovic was all smiles ahead of his you know. Aussie Open practice, he claims his shoulder is is not an issue at all. And I was just like thinking to myself, watching Murray, who's still battling injuries after his long-term right. injury. Stan, who's still battling, you know, a multitude of different injuries after his long-term left. And then there's Djokovic in the corner, all smiles, and he's feeling great. So it's like, I, I, I kind of never thought he was hurt, because he always does this, sh- this stuff where he, he pulls this, you know, I'm injured once he starts to lose a set. So, yeah, sure, he's feeling great now. Um, we'll see if how he's starting to feel or how he appears to feel once he, you know, t- faces some adversity going deep in this tournament. But yeah, I, 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 all right, I'll put it like this. If Djokovic is fully healthy and doesn't pull any of his, you know, injury shenanigans, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be a, like a, a, a threat in this tournament. He's won five of the last seven Aussies. You know what I mean? Well, well, th- that's the funny thing because in the middle of the week, he beat, uh, Dominic Thiem. Yeah, but the, but the, the, these exhibits—that's no, that's a very good point. I mean, just to see a guy come out and get reps like that against right. a top five player is big. But just keep in mind, it's an exhibition. Yes, no, that that that's a fact. But uh, regardless of what he actually did on the court, it's like what he said afterwards, where that's like five days before. What that was five days before yes, this tournament started, that. and mm-hmm. he was saying, "Oh, I'm not 100." percent <laughs> yep. Yeah. Nah, I feel you, man. Like, what is it? Like, I'm just like you. Like, I have no idea what is going on at this point. That's what, because, yo, I mean, also, it's just like, have, I, I don't know about you. Have you, I have, have never seen him l- physically show right. the signs of being hurt. You know, with Murray, he's clunking around like it's apparent his, his hips hurt. You know what I mean? Like, he, he looks stiff. With Stan towards the end of his, his uh, right before he ended his season, yeah, I saw it in his strokes. I saw him laboring. But Djokovic in Wimbledon, and when he retired at Wimbledon or or, bat, or withdrew from Wimbledon, he was looking good in that tournament. Right. You know what I mean? It was only that match against, I think it was Burdick, and Burdick won the first set in a tough tie break, and then, you know, there it is. Novak's hurt now. 
you didn't hear much about that prior. So I, I don't know, man. He's just kind of shysty. I, I, I want to keep it a buck with people that listen because, you know, if they want to hear the, the real deal truth, uh, he's kind of shysty. I, I don't see any real injuries with him. So you never know, that, which makes it hard to kind of, you know, gauge where he's at. Well, I was about to say, before you even made that point, that if it wasn't for the, uh, the I guess, the embarrassment that would come with just taking time off just because, like for your life, for your for for yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah. for psychology, he probably yeah. would do it. He probably yeah, would do sure. it. He oh, probably just sure. be like, "Yeah, I don't, I can't deal with this for like the next six months." Oh, um, for sure. And this, yo, we're talking about we're talking about like Novak over the past like two years, like after he broke through at slams and like has been you know deemed as one of the best players of all time. Like you look at Novak back in like oh nine oh eight when he was really dealing with like confidence things. It's not that it's not that much of a reach to 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 think that he would kind of create these situations to take some pressure off him he has shown in the past that he is not you know the toughest competitor in in when these type of pressure situations come up oh uh, we talked about nick Kyrgios last week now let's talk about now it's time to talk about him within the context of this tournament that's coming up yeah what are uh, your expectations i he's got two he's got two pretty easy rounds uh first two rounds he's got a clay quarter dutra silva in the first round who he should get through the first round this year, which is like, like, yay. Then second round, he has, I think it's like Alex Bolt or Troisky, who he should get through too. And then that third round match is where he's going to face uh, potentially Sanga, which is just a, it's a big hitting match. And then it doesn't get any easier after that. If, it, if he gets to the fourth and beats Sanga, he'll have Dimitrov most likely there if seedings hold. So, I mean, it's a tough path for him, but at the same time, like... I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Sanga is going to beat Kyrgios. And at the same time, I'm not going to say that I think Dimitrov is the favorite to win that match either. So these are winnable matches for Kyrgios. The problem is, is that they're, they're, it's always a winnable match for Kyrgios, pretty much against anyone he plays. So it's, it's not like we have much to chat about here. It's gonna, if Kyrgios comes out, keeps his head, holds his head, you'll have a chance to go deep in this tournament. You know what I mean? Uh, so be- besides what he does in the next two weeks – it's pretty clear that he is different um, from just the standpoint of, I guess, his temperament or like what he's trying to project, put, what he's trying to project, and what he's trying to show us of his temperament and of his like just his mood because he's again at media day today for the for the Aussie. He's oh, like, I yeah, didn't catch that, bro, me. bro. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna try to like be better at just like you know keeping my head cool like actually i have to have the quote in front of me uh, right now he's like yeah if i lose a match at the end of the day it's a tennis match i kind of want to keep it even keeled throughout the whole year rather than being such a roller coaster ride that's good i like that man yo curios is like and this is a lot of people don't like to go by the more empirical evidence they like to keep it you know statistics and shit and stuff like that curios is 22 years old you know, anyone, you, me, anyone that's listening to this can remember what they were like when they were 22. And there are very important years between like 22 and let's say 24. Just important years for just growing up and learning how to handle situations and being respectful and understanding how to, you know, present, like, you know, present yourself. And I think he's at a point where he's learning that. So, what you know, there may not be too much stuff that we see him say in these media days and stuff, but just, you know, keep in the back of your mind, he's, he's growing up throughout all this stuff. So I expect him to be in a, you know, every Aussie that we do one of these for from this point going forward, I expect him to be a, a, in a better position to win as he gets older. You know what I mean? We're, when you're, he's 22. Last year he was 21. Year before that he was 20. And then he was a teenager. And he was still getting, you know, media attention. So 
everyone puts a lot of standards, obviously, on Kyrgios because of his talent. But they got to keep in mind the kid's young. Right, exactly. That's the thing that happens. Like after every single year, where he has a year where uh, where there's some memorable moments where he just blew up, and I don't mean like performance wise. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, you a, just, it's a real blow up. Right, exactly. You, you just turn the calendar. And he's like, oh, he's twenty. Oh, yeah. he's twenty one. Oh, he's twenty two. Um, another but young. It goes, but it goes both ways because we use that to excuse a lot of those, you know, quote unquote blow ups that he has. It, so it's getting to the point where once he turns 23, 24, 25, right. we can't be saying that anymore. But I expect him to adjust accordingly. Yo, so I have another quote from you from Media Day just because of something that we were talking about last week with uh, Andy Murray, uh, the, possi- the possibility of the big four breaking up because of that injury. So there needs to be a new guy that comes in. Sasha Zverev is ranked number four right now. And he pretty much said it today. I mean, I'm ranked number four for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's like, yeah. I, like I'm. If I win this tournament, it's going to be no surprise. Basically, is what he's saying. And not not only that, it's not going to be a surprise, but that he's ready to do that. Um, yeah, it's big talk. It's big talk from a big player and a big and a big rising star. The problem is, Zverev never made it past the quarterfinal of any Grand Slam. You feel me? The his best result is the fourth round. Of, I think it was last year at Wimbledon when he lost the round. So. Yeah, he, his he's his ranking is there, and it's almost similar to the kind of Halep thing, where it's like, yeah, she's the world number one, but like, mm-hmm. where's her Grand Slam? Right. Yeah, sure, Zverev's the world number four. Where's his Grand Slam? Even just a a good Grand Slam, a really good Grand Slam result. You know what I mean? Like, it's just too many times where I'm seeing Zverev back out in like the second round to a Verdasco or whoever it is that like you know just shouldn't be shouldn't be losing to these players, but. This year will be in another tournament. Obviously, probably the most wide open slam that he's he's gonna you know participate in. And I think it's, I mean, even more so than last U.S. Open. He's he's probably the third biggest favorite to win it after Rafa, Roger. So, and maybe Novak. So I don't know. I really don't know, man. I I think he's got some forehand issues. I was I tweet about it always the end of last year. His stuff, his, his just mechanics weren't looking right, and he doesn't use. He's got a, he's such a big first serve, but he doesn't like seem to get easy points and hold serve easily. So he's got some some match, you know, stuff that he just needs to work out by playing more matches. He's young, another one, man. He's only twenty. He's not twenty two. So again, it's just I, I know from experience that watching tennis players, it's so easy. Not so it's, it's it's often that we see players play at a high level for short periods of time. But to put results together and win seven straight best of five matches, that's a different hurdle. So we need to see if what Zvera brings this year. Uh, never mind winning seven matches in a row. This, uh, this, this next pro has had trouble winning just one match in the past Who two seasons. Who is this going to be? The woman that we said has to win a Grand Slam this year. Simona oh, Halep, yeah. Simona yeah, Halep yeah. Got, 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 got bounced in the first round 2017-2016. Um, this yeah, it's strange. Yeah, this this uh year, and her first match is gonna be against an Australian team. Wait, who do, who does she have? Oh, does she have um? Let me look. I Ava. Pull. Oh wow. Well, that's yeah, how, I yeah. haven't seen her. I haven't seen her play. Um, she should she shouldn't have a problem there. Halep's Halep's trouble in her um little part portion of the quarter is gonna come with Kanta the Contador. Uh, you heard it here first. Um, I think against every player in her quarter of the draw, Halep is a, has a winning record against, with the exception of Kanta and Kristea. Kristea is 
not in the same, you know, league. She's a top 50 player. She's a good player, but she's not in the same, you know, class as Conta. Conta's three and one against Halep, and she's on great form. Her the Australian Open's been her best tournament over the, the best Grand Slam over the years. So if if there's someone that's going to test uh, Halep and and maybe even break through and win the tournament, it's Conta coming out of the same quarter. You heard it here. Now we obviously going to have to <laughs> talk about that when it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you notice what happened to Tomich? No, wait. <laughs> something, <laughs> something happened to Tom. I saw he was like battling in qualies, and I thought I thought he was in like the last round before. It was, must have been like last night. What happened, bro? He didn't make it. <laughs> Oh, that's not it's not overly surprised. I think I would have been more surprised if you're like, yeah, he's in the draw. No, uh, <laughs> no, nah, nah, damn, damn. I didn't see that. He must have been in the yeah, the last round of qualies because I saw him get through Tommy Paul. Um oh yeah, he lost to Sonigo. Wow. Yeah. At this point I wouldn't yeah, be I wouldn't be surprised if he just retired. I but again, dude, like we're 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 laughing about it, but like that was wasn't that what was supposed to happen? Like we were I remember talking to you about before um US Open, just like at this point in time last year, and especially now, he has no ranking to get him into any tournaments. This is just the Aussie. If he wants to keep playing professional tennis at the ATP tour level, he's going to have to go through qualies every single tournament. And you know what I mean? Like That, that type of stuff like adds up. And you can't be going to being a qualifying type player with the mentality of, I'm 25 and I have you know 25 mil or whatever stupid comment he said last year. Mm-hmm. You have to be like a grinder. You have to be like, all right, I'm not probably going to make any bread if I don't qualify for these tournaments and if I want to have a meal ticket for the next week and not have to pay for my, my, you know, tri- my plane back to Australia, though, if I don't on my own dime, that's why these qualifiers and these challenger type players play. It's not for, you know, to, to, to blow money in the club. So I don't know if Tom is going to be able to adjust man to the, to the change in, you know, being a top 25 player and now being, you know, this type of player. I just don't think he's, he's built for it. You got to be a, be a certain type of cat to, to, to live that life and grind that and yet after he lost uh he hit me hit me with it what was the comment uh, bro he he said <laughs> he said on tv yeah man i just count money that's all i do i count my no. millions no no no, no, no. he said that after losing to sonigo and an open qualifiers yes yes Oh man! Yeah, yeah. i just you count know, my like i just count my money that's all i do i count my millions <laughs> Yeah, but he's not. He, he, probably, he probably doesn't have. That's them, the irony of what you're saying. Anymore. That's why I'm mentioning it. <laughs> Man, he's gonna be counting until he's, uh, you know, filing out desk jobs applications. But yeah. yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean that. That's another. That's another one who probably just should be like, yeah, like, I need to stop playing for a bit. Yeah, but I think we dis. Yo, he needs to take a year off a of tour, man. Yeah, he, he has no ranking now. There's no. There's no benefit, you know, to staying on tour. Take a year off, get your stuff together, and come back on the tour and be at the same place you're at now, you know, in a year or two from now when you're really, you know, about that life. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, I mean, he's not done giving us, like, a whole bunch of moments where we're just like, yo, what is good with this guy? Because he, he, it wasn't, it wasn't like he just took the loss and disappeared. Nah. He was, he was bugging, bro. He was bugging. He said some other stuff. I forgot already, but he said some other stuff. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I'm sure it's probably nothing too, uh, too uh, poignant <laughs> for the tournament. <laughs> yeah. Um, yo, so who is the American that you're expecting most from this tournament? If you had to single out one. Yo, that's a good question, man. Um, wow. 
Dude. I know I was going to get you. <laughs> I really don't. I'm going to go out and say, sheesh, I'm going to say Ryan Harrison, but it's not like he's going to have a deep run. I just, I really, and you, this is kind of a hot take. I'm not sure if either, if Sock and Isner both don't get out of the, I don't know if they're going to get out of the first round. Sock, man. Yo, my dude looks super out of shape, man. Like the shirts that he's wearing on the court, like in the hot Australian summer, they're like sticking to the wrong parts of his body. You know, you know, <laughs> back in the days when like you would be in gym class and you know you ate yeah. too many burgers the week before, and the tight old white shirt would just like ride up on you wrong. Like that's kind of how Sock's looking out there. He and he's like not moving well. He has not won, I don't think, a match uh, at the tour level in 2018. Just not good for him. And Isner, on the other hand, he's also 0 for one. He lost to Chung in Auckland and. Isner's the type of guy that, like, you need to see that serve, you know, get pumped for aces a couple times before you're confident in, in where he's going to end up in the tournament. The fact that he hasn't, he enters the Aussie without winning a match, it's just like, I, I don't know if that spells good. He's got Matthew Ebden in the first round, who, um, <clears throat> he gave Kyrgios some troubles last, <clears throat> last week in Brisbane, and he's a good player. Big serve, he can return the serve, so if Isner isn't playing super, super sharp, he could get knocked out in the first round, man. Yeah. That's why Harrison. I think Harrison's. You know, he'll do his job. He'll he'll beat the players he should beat. Probably won't beat anyone he shouldn't beat. But you know, I think he's a second round, third round guy. Um, Harrison was the one that that Karios beat last week for the uh, in the final. Yeah, yeah, yeah for the uh, in Brisbane. Um, you, the 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 thing that you said about uh uh, uh Big John is obvious. If you don't if you don't see the serve working, yeah, man. And <laughs> we saw Big yeah, John. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> That he loves, hilarious. but he likes he likes the best of five. That's the only thing. And we asked him this question. We were like, because yep, they were talking yep. about Davis Cup, and we we're like, yeah. we want to keep Davis Cup five sets. He's if he so even if he does come out today and he looks a little rusty tonight, loses that first set in a breaker, whatever the case. Even if he loses the first two sets, we've seen it from John at slams. His because if he can just at some point tonight start executing his game plan, you can't rule him out to win three straight sets and get himself to the next round. I'm pulling for him. I love Big John. I love Sock too, but you know, I'm, I want my Americans to do well. Yo, just one last thing on Ryan Harrison for people that don't know. 25 years old, from Louisiana, first celebrity crush is like 70% of people our age first celebrity crush. Who is it? Britney Spears. He's a Spears guy? I was an, see, I was an ex-Dina guy, so I, I don't fall into that percentile. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Time out, time out, time out, time out. What were you? Ex-Tina, Christina Aguilera. Oh, my gosh. You know, she, to... she dropped one video where she was, like, romping around in, like, some soil or something. And, like, that that got, like, 13-year-old me, like, awoken, so to speak. Well, see, those are, the, those are the two things that were the big questions for us when we were younger. It's either um, Christina or Britney. And then on the other side, um, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Yeah. I think I, <laughs> I might have been a Ricky Martin guy, which was, like, not good. <laughs> Not a good sign. Uh, you know, I was dancing my salsa around when I was a youngster. But yeah, no, these were the important questions, man, for sure. They definitely said a lot about your, you know, your 10-year-old self. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, the, the, only, the one thing I remember about uh, Ricky Martin, just performing at the 98 World Cup. Um, anyway. See, my, see my, my dudes out there, at least, man. You need to see sync out there at the World Cup. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, go, go, go. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. Is there anything we missed? We didn't talk about Rafa. Let's get the picks out. Well, not Rafa's, Rafa's, not explicitly. I mean, Rafa, Rafa's is, as, is what he is. We can keep that short and sweet. Rafa, uh, his draw's really light. He shouldn't have much. Um, I think Isner, Isner's in his part of the quarter, so I think that's a potential third-round match. And honestly, 
if Isner does get rhythm and starts serving well by that third round, like that could be maybe Rafa's first and only real big test before the quarterfinal against Chilich or whoever he faces. So Rafa, Rafa will be cool, probably should get to the quarterfinal. If he gets through that, you know, I wouldn't rule him out for another final. Uh, yeah, exactly. He was uh, in the final last year. Set away, man. Uh, he was up a break in that fifth set, man. Could have won it. Should have won it. Um, all right. Who are you picking to win on the women's side? Let's get that first. Women's side, I'm going to go... I'm going to go Kanta, man. I'm going to go Kanta. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lay that down. I like Kanta and the, the, the alternates, if you will. Backups are... I think Wozniacki's got a decent shot. Mm. That would be a first for her as well. Yeah, it'd be a first slam. And I like a super, super sleeper is Julia Gorgeous, who's mm. like... She's, she, she just won a tournament last week um, in one of those Australian ones. And she's, she's a good player. She's always been in the top, you know, 25 range. And she's just, she looks super, super good now. So if there's ever, ever a chance for her to make a, a breakthrough at a slam, it's this one. And then the third one for the women's is Ash Barty. She used to play, I think, cricket. She's a cricket player, dude, for real. Cricket player, like converted to tennis, like super late as a teenager. And is just like kind of you know, taking the tour over last year. She could make a run. She's Aussie. So if the crowd gets behind her, who knows? Um, that transition is one I haven't heard yet. Like, I've heard of yeah, a lot man. of a lot of transitions. Like, yo, but you it know, makes sense, kind of, right? Wait, hold on. You know another common transition that a lot of people don't know about? And I'm just going to mention this since the Winter Olympics is coming up. People that, people that run track going to a bobsled. I could see that sort of, but like I, didn't, I feel like they wouldn't be brolic enough to like push the sled, but like they definitely got the legs to, Bro, to there, get it going. There's like three on on the women's. Wait, yo, isn't that the cool the plot of Cool Runnings, man? Was was it? Were they're they, the track it, team, yeah, the Jamaican <laughs> bobsled team. I, I think they're back this year too. That's a funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yo. By the way, you kind of beat me to the punch of choosing the sleeper because I was gonna have you do that. As well. So let me just ask that up front for the men. Who's your pick? Who's your sleeper? All right. I got two picks and one sleeper. I'll be thinking of the sleeper while I give you my two picks. So my two picks, I like Roger. Um, I think the conditions will play too too fast for him. Too, uh, I mean, in a good way. Too quick. That's what Roger's you know, forte is, just like last year. And Novak. I got the, I got the bounce back from the Serb uh, this year. Now my sleeper... Is going to be sick. Jill Simone. We, we talked about him last week you very, did. very briefly. You did. The Frenchman, the defensive specialist. Last year he was trash. The year before that he was kind of trash. This year he looks fire. So he's in, he's in Rafa's quarter and he has like, it'll be him, Chilich, in the fourth round, probably to play Rafa in the quarter. If he can get through Chilich, who he's 6-1 and one against in his career, then I, I you know, you're not going to come out and, and probably smoke Rafa off the court right now, but you can come out and just, you know, be a pest on the defensive side. So Simone, dude, two years ago, I don't know if you remember, Simone took Djokovic five sets, and it was like at the point when Djokovic was like utterly unbeatable. And it was just like, wow, like this is really like, you know, this is really about to happen. People thought he was going to win. Didn't win. This year he could do it to Rafa. Jalou Simone. Um, Scotty, we're gonna be back next week, obviously. Yeah, I'm the, looking forward to it. Uh, we're gonna have to figure out the time. I'm saying because once again, <laughs> I still can't get a handle on uh, on on when the matches start in Australia. In Australia yeah. From our side. Well, we'll have a week under our belt by that point, man. You'll you'll get, you'll get a hang of it quick. Exactly. Well, I'll come in. Anyway, always a pleasure. That's a fact. All right, boy. I see you soon. 
Hey everybody, if you like what you hear so far and want to hear more from The Red, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Running Red to check out more of our shows.